but we're much better than what we showed against them, and this is what we're going to show them to the 90 plus podcast here's your host ben rigetti and sebastian pereira all right episode 26 up and underway we've got a good one we've got another white caps win that's two in a row myself and sebastian as always bringing you all the latest white caps updates and analysis obviously coming back off the back of a big 2-1 win last night against lafc uh, Sebastian and I are excited for this one. You know, it's not often we get to talk about like a good win. You know, we, we said in the last episode that, you know, the RSL win, we got the three points. It was the same scoreline we beat LA by, but it just didn't feel quite the same. This one just felt more and better and tastier. And it just worked. Everything just seemed to work for the boys in white down in Portland. So episode 26, uh, we've excited to bring you this one. Uh, we had our big episode 25 the other day. Again, thank you to everyone for the support so far. Uh, it's just the beginning. We've got some big stuff planned, most likely coming up next season. Uh, I'm excited. Sebastian's excited. We'll hear from him in just a second here. But yeah, guys, really, we can't thank all of you enough for all the support uh, between just listening to the podcast on SoundCloud and Spotify, uh, interacting with us on Twitter at the 90 Plus Podcast, uh, and then myself at Rigetti Ben at SebastianP74. Um, and speaking of at Sebastian P74, we've got him here. We're excited. It's another win, Sebastian. It was a big one last night down in Portland. How are you feeling after that one? Bro, I'm gassed. Like, you get me? Like, that was insane. That was a great performance from the boys. I mean, uh, they obviously won their last game against RSO, but they didn't play too well in that game. They still got the three points, which is the important thing. But in this game against LAFC, they were not only able to get the three points, but play some amazing football at times. And Ben and I were in contact with each other throughout the game, and we were just amazed by how well this team performed last night. I think it's it's probably one of the better performances uh, under MDS's tenure, and I think it was mentioned uh, last night in the uh, media availability. But it it really was like a really good performance from this team, and um, it, you, you you can't fault. MDS for putting in some effort into this 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 group and really motivating them. I think um, they've done really well in terms of being able to to really bring a sense of camaraderie into the team. And uh, again, it goes back to the point that we mentioned last week that there it's, this performance does show that there's quality in this team. Like you can see it on paper, but now you can see it in this game against a top quality side like LAFC that this team does have the quality to be a really good side at times. And maintain possession while creating chances so you can tell like even in my voice you can tell I'm gassed and I'm really happy for this Whitecaps team to really be able to get a result like this yeah no absolutely I agree and uh I I think a big talking point even before the ball was kicked was the Whitecaps starting 11 was the same as the same was the same side that beat RSL 2-1 the other day I've always I don't want to say I've liked this about MDS and his style but he rewards players based uh, on I – mean, it's a good thing, you know. There's no bias. There's no, like, oh, like, like this guy's, like, you know, I get along with him more. Like, there's none of that. It's purely what he sees on the field. That, and he rewards players that work hard in training and when it shows off on the field on game day. He went with the same starting 11, and we've seen him do this a number of times. After the team gets a win, same starting 11 will go back out, try to replicate it, play the same, get the same result. Doesn't 
typically work, I guess, for the, at least for the white cap's sake, it doesn't typically work. But you know what? It we, works. We tonight. were a bit skeptical of yeah. like the 442 as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think my biggest, not fear, but something that I pointed out numerous times over the last couple of days, and especially once I saw the starting lineup, uh, was the Bikel Wusu midfield. We've said before, it just doesn't quite click. There's not enough there. I mean, I've been wrong many times on this podcast, and I'll say it again. I was wrong about that. I mean, you never know with the Whitecaps, honestly. (laughs) Literally, at least last night, you know, I'm glad that they shut me up in the wrong way. I didn't come out and say, oh, these two are flying. They're doing everything right, and they come out and put a dud performance in. You know, they came out, and they kind of knew it. You know, they saw a lot of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, slack, I guess, that people were giving them. Uh, in the midfield especially and you know the, the two of them they came out they delivered we'll get more into that in just a minute here and when we get into player ratings later on in the show um but yeah i guess to, with sort of that we'll just break down what the show is going to be like today i uh, just giving our quick opening thoughts here we'll break down the goals and just uh the starting lineup in just a second uh then we'll get into the player ratings obviously the white caps one we give player ratings if it's a draw if it's a loss we give the one good one bad um, and it's a shame. I really enjoy the one good, one bad. But as soon as we brought that in, they've started winning. So, um, you know what? I'll just mind my own self in a you know, lonely little corner, but it doesn't matter. Um, and then I guess after that, uh, after player ratings, we'll give a quick look at the LA Galaxy game because that's coming up this Sunday. That's going to be a good one. The Galaxy's struggling a little bit. They lost 4-0 to San Jose. We only lost three, so we've already got the upper advantage there. Um, or on Look that, at that, another positive to talk exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> no, we said that it's not often we get to talk about a lot of positives on this podcast this year. So we're taking advantage, you know. They played last night. Next morning, it's, what is it? It's Thursday. Thursday morning right now, we're on the microphone. Hopefully, this will be up in just a couple of hours. And, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, Sebastian. So let's, let's, let's break into it. Um, obviously, the score, if you've been living under a rock or if you just haven't been listening to this podcast so far, um, it was 2-1 Whitecaps. Uh, we went up 1-0 through Cavallini, 2-0 through Cavallini, his first brace in a Whitecaps jersey. Then Etoesta scored a late penalty to make things interesting, but the Whitecaps held on for the full three points down in Oregon. Um, Sebastian, you love Freddie Montero as had has been, you know, heavily documented over this year. He played a big role in this game, including, uh, some big passes setting up both goals. Why don't you break us down, uh, the, you know, the, the goals. <laughs> you want me to break down no, the goals? That's an easy, that's an easy. The goals, you know what? I'll do that. I'll do that for sure. Take the wheels, take the rain. Um, yeah, like anybody who listens to this podcast knows how much, uh, I, I admire Freddie Montero. Um, he's, he's not only a great family guy and a great person, but he's also a great player. Um, and on the ball, we've seen it so much, um, throughout the past, I would say month or so, uh, ever since, ever since we, we got into the, the home stretch of BC place where he really, um, cemented his place in the starting lineup for this Whitecaps team. He's shown time and time again, how good he is in possession and how, um, how well he can move the ball forward, and he knows when to do that. Um, he's almost playing the role of a number 10 uh, in this system for the Whitecaps, but uh, he he had a wonderful game, I think, against LAFC once again. Uh, he got a wonderful chance five minutes in that he should have scored, but again, that, that play itself was also started from Montero deep in, deep in, the, in the LAFC half, and, and then the play progressed to Jake Nerwinski out on the far side or on the near side. And uh, he got a brilliant ball into into Montero. So 
all he needed to do was finish there. But in terms of the goals, I mean, Montero plays a fantastic ball in behind for Christian Dahomey for the first half of the goal and gives so much credit to Montero because that's not an easy pass to make. Not many people oh, no. in the game can do that pass. I'd, I'd say um, a very select few number 10s in the league can make that pass, including maybe Diego Valeri from the Portland Timbers. Maybe Atuesta on a certain day can make that pass for LAFC, Carlos Vela. Uh, among others but it, it's just a perfectly weighted ball into the path of Dahomey and um, Dahomey actually spoke about it after the game that he really enjoys playing in the system the 4-4-2 because it allows Montero to drop back and then Dahomey can then go forward and make runs in behind which is exactly what happened on the goal so um, it, it's just a great ball and I, I admire that play so much not only because he's Colombian <laughs> and I have my Colombian roots but uh, it, it's just a sensational pass and I think a lot of people have to wonder whether the Freddie Montero can stay with the Whitecaps. I mean, uh, it certainly would be a big, a big plus if he could stay with this team. And even if they do go out and get a number 10, it's good to have him in the mm -hmm. squad. Um, but that, that's, that's something that we've discussed a lot. We're here to talk about the goals, obviously, uh, of this brilliant LAFC game. For and the, for the cutting you off for a second here, uh, that January Bikel ball to Freddie Montero, 35 yards on an absolute dime to Freddie Montero. Like, I know it Some it could be a clearance. It could be an actual pass. I'm sure he's no, going to say it was a it's pass. No, it's a pass, 100%. Yeah, no, that was – and, again, that's something from Bikel that we've been looking to see, his ability <clears> – <throat> excuse me – his ability on the ball, what he's been able to do. Uh, and this long-stretch passing, it's something that we've been hoping to see for a while from him. We've seen that from Baldissimo. Tybert's been able to do it. Godoy's been able to do it. But we haven't really expected or seen much of it from him. So him putting an absolute dart out there for uh, Freddie Montero, you just love to see it from the midfield. Yeah, and I think you have to give as much credit to Johnny Obikel as, as you do for Freddie Montero because of that pass. Um, I think it was weird because I was watching the build-up play um, to, for this goal in real time when it actually happened live. And it kind of reminded me of the build-up play for the, the first Cavagol um, against TFC back in September, mm -hmm. where the Whitecaps had plenty of passes. They made plenty of passes in around their own area. Um, and then somehow they were able to find, find Baldissimo in some decent space in midfield. And um, he passed it to Adnan uh, with a cross-field ball similar to how Johnny Obikel found uh, Dahomey here. Um, and then, um, and then from there, it was a very good goal. Uh, same can be said for this goal as well. I think I haven't counted exactly how many passes the Whitecaps made before uh, putting the ball in the back of the net, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be at least more than 15. Um, and it, it was again passing in their own area and in, in their half of the field, but it was good. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what MDS wants to do, and he wants to maintain possession and then find that outlet, which in this case uh, proved to be vital with Johnny Bikel in the, in the midfield. And he made a brilliant pass to Dahomey. Dahomey brings it down and plays it into the path of Montero, instantly accelerates away, and uh, he's in behind uh, Eddie Segura. And make no mistake, Eddie Segura is a really good center back in this league. It's really tough to get him behind him like that. So uh, not only give credit to, to Montero and Bikel for the through ball, but also Dahomey for making the run. And uh, putting it on a platter for uh, Lucas Cavallini on this goal. Yeah, so selfless. And, uh, you know, that you said that Colombian connection there. Uh, Montero and uh, Tahome they linked up again on that second goal. 
Uh, they set it up for Lucas Cavallini to make it 2-0 in the second half. You know, it was good play down that right side. I think it was a give and go. Ended up with Montero getting the final ball in towards Cavallini. Spinning, twisting away, got on the half volley, trickled in past a, uh, the goalkeeper there. So really, again, just another good, like, and we, we said this a lot. A lot of the Whitecaps goals have come from either set pieces or the defense slacking or whatever. We haven't seen that many good, hard-earned, creative-looking goals from the Whitecaps. We got two in the span of about 30 minutes against a good LA side. We should be, you know, we're pretty happy and almost grateful that we got to see this happen in a couple of bunches here. So a, a strong and good-looking second goal as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, all the play from that goal starts from Cavallini bringing the ball down with his physicality and strength that we know he has. Um, I think um, at times this season, I, I'm, I'm going to say this now, and uh, I, I do think he's been a bit sloppy in possession for the Whitecaps, but mm-hmm. um, especially I think in the last two games, he's been able to really settle and move the ball a little bit more with ease and stuff like that. Um, he's been able to get it under control. I think he has, he doesn't have the best of touches, but, uh, when he's able to, you know, use his physicality to his advantage, use his body to, to outmuscle other people and defenders, it, it works really well in his favor. And that's exactly what he did here. He wins the header uh, and he lowers it down for, I think it's Freddie Montero. Uh, yes, mm. he puts it into the path of Montero. It's then a one-two between Montero and Dahomey. And, and then Montero puts in another brilliant ball for Cavallini and uh, something something that I want to mention here real quick is Cavallini already has the same amount of goals as he did in his past two seasons in Mexico with Puebla. So um, he also did it in, uh, in less games in, in the past two seasons in Mexico, he scored five goals in the 18, 19 uh, Glazura with, uh, with Puebla. He scored five goals in 16 games. And then the following season, the 19, 20 Apertura, he scored, five goals in 17 appearances and now here with the Whitecaps he has five goals in 13 appearances so um, it's it's been quite a quick turnaround for Cavallini I mean before the last two matches he's only had two goals in what in 11 games and now all of a sudden he's sitting at five and 13 which is on paper what you really want to see from a striker so that's another positive here from the Whitecaps. It is, and I, I'm, I'm glad to see Cavallini finding his feet especially late in the season you know I'm, I've always been a big, <clears throat> excuse me, my apologies. Um, I've always been a big fan of the idea that whichever team is in the best form at the end of the season, that's the team with the best shot to win the title. Whether it's, you know, Seattle there off the top of the West, Toronto's already clinched the playoff spot over in the East. Um, it's, it really depends on who's in the best form, who's hot, who's, you know, got all their engines burning, you know, no injuries, suspensions, none of that. Uh, that's really what a lot of the playoff run comes down to, at least in my opinion. If there's, and, you know, obviously the Whitecaps, there's still a long ways to go before they're in the playoffs, confirmed, uh, and all that. I mean, you know, how the playoffs going to look and everything. But regardless, if there's a time that you want your striker getting hot, starting to bag goals, and you can see he's confident. Like I said last game in the RSL game, even without the goal, that was Cavallini's best game in a Whitecaps jersey. He's starting to get more confident. He's really enjoying playing with Montero. I asked him that after the RSL game. He said he loves having Montero up there. He can do a bit more of the creative stuff. Uh, Cavallini's a known scorer. That's what he's been brought here to do. Montero, you know, he can drop in really wherever, play those balls through. I mean, I think he had 10 crosses last game. I know that was partially because of corners and free kicks and stuff, but regardless, um, you know, Cavallini's really enjoying the 4-4-2. He's partnered well with Montero. 
Dahomey has really grown a lot. Everyone's really starting to click a lot here. And uh, I think in Cavallini's perspective, I'm, I'm still a little hesitant that, you know, he's here, he's found his form, like he's, he's you know, he's good. He's, he's ready to roll. He, it, it is still only five goals in 13 games. Um, I mean, you look at uh, some of the other uh, scoring leaders around the MLS, they're up, you know, in similar amounts of games, you know, 14, 15 games, they've got 12, 13 goals. I know, you know, it's a tough ask, especially with the Whitecaps side being in the state it's been in this year. Uh, for him to be among the top scorers in the league. But I am still a little hesitant to say, you know, he's, he's, he's fully juiced, he's ready, he's gassed up. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for – he's improving absolutely. There's not a doubt in my mind that he's putting for in sure. better performances sure. than he was at the start of the year. No doubt about that. But I think two games is too small of a sample size. I think three, four games, if over that span he can get three, four goals, absolutely, then I'm saying, you know what, I'm all in – chips on the table let's run with Cavallini and Montero I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that there's another striker I'd rather have right now I think it's still the best striking partnership the Whitecaps have is Montero and Cavallini but regardless I do think that I am still a little bit hesitant to say Cavallini's arrived he's in full form let's do this oh yeah for sure and I mean um, just going back to my point of the five goals in 13 games, like on paper, on paper and judging the play of the Whitecaps this season, that's pretty damn good. Um, but also, as you said, Ben, um, I, I, I myself am not too fully invested into the idea of Cavallini right now. Obviously, he's improved a lot, as you said. Um, but now it's just a question about not only Cavallini, but this whole Whitecaps team in terms of consistency. Um, I think we can transition. <laughs> ben is just admiring the transition there. He's just you're like, poking the You're poking the bear here. I've got a hot minute to talk about on consistency. But I'll let you keep going. But yeah, for sure. Like, it just, like, that point alone just goes to show that, like, now the Whitecaps put in uh, two decent performances. I'd say the LAC one was obviously better than the RSL game. But now it's a question about consistency. And it's what Mark DeSantis has been searching for. Um, throughout his time here with the Whitecaps. So we've seen these players, they can perform at a great level. They can put in some great shifts. Um, we can, we'll talk about those in a little bit here with the player ratings, but now it's just a question about consistency. Can they find their rhythm? And um, as you said, Ben, it, it, all it takes is a little bit of a run late in the season to really put yourself in a good position for the playoffs. And it doesn't matter if you're, and especially now for the Whitecaps, they don't have anything to lose. They're going to be away no matter what uh, here in the playoffs. If they do end up making it, um, there's no home field advantage for them. And they're pretty much accustomed to that considering they've only played what, like four home games this season. Yeah. Um, so, so now it's, it's just, just give it all you got and anything can happen when you're on a good stretch of form late in the season. I think the Seattle Sounders, they were, I go back to their title winning season in 2016 and uh, they weren't even close to the playoff spots mid season. And with a late surge, they were able to not only clinch a playoff spot, but they ended up winning MLS cup as well. So, mm. I mean, it's obviously not what we're asking from their white cast, but Hey, anything if it, happen, happen, if it happens, I'm not going to say no to it. No, for sure. Like it, that would be a dream, but mm. um, it, anything can happen. I think it's just a matter of consistency. Um, do we still like the four four two? I I don't know. Like honestly, mm -hmm. if 
if if this if this team continues to perform with the consistency in this formation, I think it could work for them. But it it just it it would work a lot better with the four three three. And I think um, there's a big debate right now with the four four two and the four three three, considering how well Montero and Cav are playing up top together. Um, they just complement each other really well with the physicality that Cav has mm-hmm. and the creativeness of Montero. Um, it, it it can really go either way with either formation. So. It's something to watch for, and I think MDS might might stick to the four four two just to get that consistency, and really keep asking from his players to keep these performances going. Um, it, it, it again, it was a superb performance from this White Caps team, and uh, I, I know I took a little bit of a of a a little trip there with another topic, <laughs> but it's all about consistency now, and um, hopefully they can find that that good form and and continue with uh, with a good performance against LA Galaxy. I have two notes here I want to make about consistency. That's sort of one note, but it's sort of in two parts. And then after that, we'll go into the player ratings. Um, so MDS last night, after, after you know, the big win and everything, uh, I think it was AFTN, Michael, uh, Michael McCall said, he asked him about uh, consistency. And you know, the first half, everyone can agree, that was a very impressive first half, arguably the best 45 minutes the Whitecaps have played this year. I agree with that. Some people, you know, uh, you know, maybe half against Toronto, or whatever. But I say that 45 was the best they've looked this year. Mm-hmm, um, sure. So he was asked about if that first half is, you know, what he's been looking for. And then Mark DeSantos likes Sebastian. Took a little bit of a route. He took a way to get there. Um, <laughs> but then, no, but he came out with this quote, which I which stuck out to me. The fact that we have consistency helps to build an identity. And you know that I've been a big identity guy this whole year. You've been a big identity. Oh yeah, in the past couple of weeks for sure. So the fact that we've had consistency helps to build an identity. You don't do it with changing system and players. We had to start over. It was hard to get it going after MLS is back, but we're starting to find consistency now. I have a problem with this. The F the four for two has been implemented over the last, I think it's, this is five games in a row now. It's the four for two. It's either four or five. I'm going to go with five. I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, so the four for two, it's, it's been here a little while. Whether we like it or not, we've had to get used to it. Um, we have had problems with it. There's no doubt about that. Um, yes, we beat LAFC and we beat RSL. While running a very similar, if not say identical, uh, lineup to what we had last night, uh, we also lost 3-0 to San Jose. We lost 3-1 to Seattle with a red card. We, uh, and then before that was a 6-0, but we didn't play. We played the 4-2-3-1 there. The, the, the problem with consistency for me, at least in this quote, is you can't call two games consistent. Two games in a row is... And I, I, okay, I'll get back to that in a second. Those two games I mentioned before, the Seattle game and the San Jose game, the Whitecaps didn't look good. The Whitecaps looked no, nothing no, like no, what they looked no, like no. last night. <laughs> exactly, they looked bad. <laughs> so the, like, they looked nothing like what they looked like in the last night, especially in the first 45 minutes in those two games against San Jose and Seattle. So I have a huge problem with calling this consistency when, I mean, how, I mean, we've seen the Bikel Owusu midfield, whether it's in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 or whatever else. We've seen that a number of times now. We're starting to get used to it. This was the best it's been. If uh, one game is the best it's been, you can't take the success of that one game and call it consistency because it's worked before. He, he has overlooked this, the fact that in that San Jose game, they were shut out 3-0 against a weak San Jose side. 
it was the exact same starting four up top. It was uh, Cavallini and Montero, Dahomey and Tybert on the outside midfielders. That's the same. And it um, might be the same for the next game against LA Galaxy, the exact same lineup against San Jose. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine so, going off the trends that DeSantos has put when, after when he's won a game. But for me, I, have, I can't call it consistency when it's two games, when it's, he's tried it before and it hasn't worked. Um, he said, you know, we're starting to find consistency and we're starting to get it going. You can't do that with changing system and players. That's fair. I understand it's difficult every week trying something new, getting new players in. Players can't get comfortable. And I know the center-back pairing is rotating quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I just can't call it consistent, and I can't believe in this, and I can't buy into it off of two games, especially when one of those games wasn't a convincing, good-looking win. If that's, they had, what, that's what I was just about to bring up. Like, yeah. You can't call it consistency, especially – after the RSL game, it's not I, even close to the performance against LAFC. Realistically, I'm calling it consistent. They're calling it consistency after one game because the way they looked against mm-hmm. RSL and LA are t- completely different. Yeah. There's, not, there's not a person that covers the White Caps that watches the White Caps that covers and watches soccer that says those two performances were similar in any way, shape, or form. Oh yeah, for sure. I, you can't call it consistency because something is paying off. To me, it's paid off once. I'm, I'm not going to – for the sake of this argument, I'm not counting that RSL victory as a victory. Let's say, say that's a tie. Say that's a one we said that in the last episode. We exactly. said it. Like, it really felt like a demoralizing win, if that even makes sense. Like, yeah. it, just, it just wasn't a good win. So are you right now, Sebastian, if – say this LA game didn't happen and the Whitecaps played the same way they did against RSL, do you think that team could make the playoffs? If they played exactly like they did against RSL? No, I, I honestly don't think so. And um, you look at not only the performance against RSL, but really bad performances against the Sounders and San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the San Jose game was a little bit better than the Sounders game considering yeah. the first half they had. But um, I think you, you you can't just call it consistency, as you said with the quote there, like after literally only a game of really good football. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's, it's tough because um, – MDS has this way of playing and obviously us as reporters we don't see what they work on in training now because uh, they're down in Portland but mm-hmm. it, you, you can't just call it consistency when it's only been a game um, and and maybe the players are like getting a little bit of a motivational boost from MDS uh, mm-hmm. someone like a Wusu who has had a little bit of an up and down first year with the Whitecaps he had a really good game against LAFC but uh, I think he's had a really up and up and down year um, it, it, it's just it, it just goes to show that like this team can either be really good at times or really bad and uh it goes back to our point as well of of these players have quality and they're on paper they are good mm-hmm. um, but it's just about getting the best out of them and you can't just get the best out of them for one game yeah now it's all about finding the consistency and saying boys we we, we got a good win now can we continue uh with this performance and I, I don't think it's fair for this team to be looked at as a playoff contender no. straight away after Lost this one. Obviously, it's also a depleted LAFC team. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have Carlos Vela, who's been out for basically the entire year. Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi are away with Uruguay on international duty. That's big for this team, and they're going to make a lot of money off that as well if they do get transferred out of the team in the future. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't a first-choice LAFC starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, although I will give them credit for shutting down Bradley Wright Phillips and Edward Atuesta as well was pretty calm uh, throughout the game. He will, they didn't allow him to do too much in the midfield, but that also goes back to the point of not having dynamic players on the wings like 
Rossi and Rodriguez to play the balls into. So uh, did the Whitecaps get lucky in a way with this LAFC game? Yes. Yes. Was it a good performance? Yes. Is this consistency? No, no. not at all. <laughs> well, we're on no. the same page. That's yeah. that doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, no. Like Ben, I 100% agree with you. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's definitely not consistency by any means of the imagination. Uh, I think the real question now is, can they keep the consistency uh, from this game anyway? Yeah, and and I think I, I, I'm going to change the word consistency to momentum. If MDS last my head said the fact that we have momentum that helps build an identity, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get going, but we're starting to find momentum. I would agree with that. I can't call it consistency. I'd, I'll happily trade in the word consistency for momentum, but I'm yeah, I'm 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 refusing I'm refusing right now to call it consistency. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm player ratings in just two seconds here. I just want to bring up this last point. I'm still on the idea that it's a bad thing if this team makes the playoffs. I think this team visibly has a lot of problems on the field, off the field. Um, I think there's a lot going on that needs to be addressed. And I think the fact that if the Whitecaps, I mean, obviously, if they make the playoffs, I'd be, I would be happy. I would like to see them do well in the playoffs, maybe win a game or two and make a little bit of a run if they're in good form and whatever. But I'd, I'm still on the idea that this team has issues that need to be looked at. And if they make the playoffs, and if they even get a playoff win and advance past you know, the first wildcard round, then I think that's the worst thing that this club could go through right now, just because that seems like everything's okay. They're a playoff team. They got a playoff victory, and you know, there's no problems. And if they go about 2021 the same way they've addressed 2020, Obviously, you know, I'm presuming it's going to be different. You know, I'm hoping there's not going to be another pandemic season, you know, suspension, all that sort of stuff. But if they go about and, you know, this, the basics and the morals of the club, if they don't change from this year to next year, it's going to be a slippery slope and it's going to get worse for Vancouver. So I, I'm, I, I'm happy that the Whitecaps won and they hold a playoff position right now. But I think making the playoffs would be a bad thing for this team. I think... I think as well, like there, there are the negatives and the positives for this team to making the playoffs. Um, and um, I do think there needs to be lots of changes during the off season. And it can't just be a regular rebuild as we've seen in probably the past two white cap seasons where in 2019, we've had to rebuild every season. Oh God. (laughs) Oh, that's basically, (laughs) basically uh, you look at 20, like 2017 from 2018, that was, almost a rebuild because we lost Montero to a sporting in Portugal. Oh, you uh, lose then, one player and it's a rebuild. Huh? <laughs> and you also, <laughs> no, you also lose Christian Bolaños. Uh, mm-hmm. You lose uh, Tony Chani as well. I love Tony um, Chani. Matias Lava, I think, left <laughs> yeah. that year as well. I think, um, yeah, 20, so that, yeah. That was a tough transition for the team as well. And then 2018 to 2019, obviously, Kai Kamara goes out. Kendall Lawson. Uh, Christian Tachera. Christian Tachera, Jose Nicholas Mosquita, Mosquita, Efrain Juarez. um, Just a complete flip of the switch on that one. Um, And and then uh, 2019 to 2020, it's been it's been less of a rebuild, but it still has been a rebuild in a sort of sense where we get new pieces into the midfield once again. We get uh, new center backs, we get a new goalkeeper, we get a new striker. So um, it it can't be an ordinary rebuild for this Whitecaps team in this season. It has to be specifically thought out on what they need and what they need only. It mm-hmm. can't be about they, – do they have the depth right now? I think they do have depth. This Whitecaps team has depth. But, yeah. But I think 
you have to spend money where you need to spend money. And I think that it's, a, it's such a simple thing to say, but it just, I think the Whitecaps haven't done good with their recruitment. Uh, Greg Anderson, we all know he's, he has his connections in MLS whatsoever, and he's instructed Axel Schuster with how the league works and stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, it, this Whitecaps team is bringing in a lot of players from different markets. Um, and all these players are having to adjust to a new league and stuff like that. Um, I think I've always been a believer of bring local talent in from the league and uh, and try and find a decent trade um, because they don't have to acclimatize too much to the the travel, the play in MLS. Uh, I think it's something that goes to show as well with bringing in Kai Kamara, uh, someone who, who scored a lot of goals for the Whitecaps. He was really good. Um, you look at someone like uh, – but Tony Chani as well. Like you go back to Tony Chani, he was a pretty good midfielder. He he made it to MLS Cup with Columbus a couple of years ago, and he mm-hmm. played really well in that midfield with Matias Slava. Um, so I think it's I think it's about a big question about recruitment this offseason. I don't want to stretch too much again on this, but uh, it, it's a big question for recruitment, and um, I think uh, I think it it can also be seen as a positive as well if the Whitecaps do make the playoffs because it it. it uh, I do agree with you, Ben, that it, it, if they don't make the playoffs, it can show that they need to change a lot of stuff. But also if they make the playoffs, it means they they do need to keep certain players. I, I don't know exactly who is up at the, whose contract is up at the end of the year, but uh, you look at someone mm-hmm. like uh, a Freddie Montero. If they do make the playoffs, it goes to show – Okay, we need to re-sign this guy. Like you know, what at, I mean? like, at the end of this year, it's just Montero and Meredith. Uh, and then obviously Milinkovic and Veselinovic are on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's Veselinovic will most likely be bought. Next yeah, game. I'm presuming there's going to be another start in there. But the only two players with contracts that end this year are Montero and Meredith. I we see. have, uh, and then it's again 2021. There's only a couple. Uh, Nowinski, Reyna, Andy Rose. They're the, they're the three that their contracts end in 2020. And Reyna's gone, yeah. Yeah, oh, Christ. My, <laughs> this is an old chart. I forgot. I haven't updated it. Um, well, well, we'll see, but that's a big decision as, as well for this team. If they can, I think, it's a, I think it could be a positive in terms of like maybe trying to extend some of these guys if they do perform well. Um, maybe even Montero, if, if they do well and he's a big part of them going into the playoffs, I think it, it – it does have an effect on the market and saying, okay, do we keep on, do we do our best to keep them? You're drifting, oh, this Sebastian. Awesome. This is a dangerous conversation. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But also I do a hundred percent agree with you. I think if, if they don't make the playoffs, it gives the, them a sense of uh, there's got to be a lot of changes as well. Not mm-hmm. too many because we, we highlighted that, that the Whitecaps rebuild strategy isn't as good as it should be with mm-hmm. MLS, but um, it's 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 a little bit of both. It's a balance, and I think that goes for a lot of aspects in life. So, um, I think if they can find that balance and maybe you know put a couple of performances in here, and I think Montero's done enough to to really show that he needs yeah, to be he's a part of this team. Yeah. And uh, I, I I can only see him going to Seattle or staying here in Vancouver. So uh, that's a topic for another episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it's definitely it's going to be interesting to see what this team does in the off season and. Uh, it all hinges on the rest of the season and how the players perform. 
Well, I think moving on from players that could be brought in or could be leaving, let's focus on the 11 that started last night against LA. Player ratings time. Obviously, the Whitecaps won, hence the player ratings. If they tie or lose, we go for one good, one bad. Uh, we're going to keep this one a little bit short. We have ran a little bit longer than maybe expected uh, to open up uh, the podcast so far. But uh, Evan Bush. It's I always was, good, though. It's always it's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's, I, I like talking when we win. If we had lost, you know, if this was another 6-0, you know, I would, I would do Don't the one. Don't put us through that brutality again, please. My apologies, my apologies. <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, we'll start off, obviously, the 4-4-2. Evan Bush, I went for a 6.5. LA had one shot on target, and it was the penalty, uh, which he saved the first time around. Obviously, the I'm not a big fan of the whole, like, encroachment, foot off the line sort of thing. Um, but regardless, it was re-given a twist to score it. It's difficult to save two penalties in a row, especially from the same player. Um, apart from that, distribution was good. There's not a whole lot else I can say there. It's not his fault that LA didn't have that many shots on target. Um, I think uh, Ranko had like seven block shots or something like that. So props to him. But yeah, 6.5 for Bush. He, he did what he had to for the most part, but it was, it's tough to save a penalty. So that's about that. Yeah, I think it was a really ordinary performance from Bush. There was nothing special about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think that's also a good thing uh, when you're playing a team like LAFC. Even though they were depleted, it goes to show how well uh, Godoy and Ranko did. So mm-hmm. I think a 6.5 is fair for uh, Evan Bush. Um, in front of Evan Bush, out the, at least out on the left, Ali Adnan, who I've, I have been very critical of uh, this year. And he's starting to make me eat my words. He had a good showing against RSL. He was one of my players of the game last game. Uh, he's up there as well in this game. He's not quite, but he's definitely up there. I gave Ali Adnan an eight. He led the team in touches and in tackles. He was second in interceptions, block shots, aerial battles. He was moving forward. He worked well with Russell Tiber. He, his communication was a lot better. I saw this today against than the RSL game. His communication with uh, Godoy and Ranko absolutely was better. And, that's one of the best games I've seen Ali Adnan play this year. So I've gone for an eight for uh, the left back. Yeah, I think, I think Ali Adnan had a really good game. Um, I think uh, part of that as well was the fact that he didn't really have much of a threat to deal with on his side of the field. But uh, I think as well, Tybert and him did a really good job of really um, managing and balancing when they'd go forward, when they'd stay back. And it's something he talked about after the presser as well um, with the with – the, he doesn't really have a friendship with Rusty. That's what he said, but I think he really does, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, all jokes aside, uh, he was really good in this game, and I think he's starting to show a little bit more consistency, which is good. Him, I can say consistency for. He's put yeah. in a number of strong performances now. Him, I can say there's consistency in his performances. He's growing. He's uh, re- you know reimbursing himself, especially if Gutierrez out. There's no real call, like you know competition, so he knows yeah. now's his chance. So he's showing up. So there is consistency, Mark DeSantos. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do think he needs to be better with his uh, attacking uh, and his dribbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 gonna be honest and I'm critical of Adnan because I know he he's a really good player going forward and he's got really good dribbling skills and um, we just haven't seen enough of that this season. Uh, he did he did get forward a lot in this game and he was able to put a couple of balls into the area, play some neat combination play with Tiber and the midfielders uh, and the attackers as well. Um, he also had some really good challenges as well. As you said, he was full of full of statistical uh, numbers there with the aerial battles, the duels and 
the blocks, everything. He was he put his body on the line for a lot. I, I think I remember there was one block where he just absolutely took yeah. it right right into the chest. And uh, Paul Dolan and uh, Peter Shad absolutely uh, um, gave him all the credit for it. So um, I think I think I do want him to be a little bit more uh, direct with his dribbling because we saw so much of it and how effective it was last year. Um, and I think that's a benefit of having Tybert in front of him, him if he can really um, get back to that. Well, not not only connect with him, but also um, since Tybert's a more defensive type of guy, it allows Adam to push forward, and then mm-hmm. he can he has more more uh, I guess uh, he has more of a freedom to go forward, and he can dribble more and stuff like that. So yeah. I want to see more of the old Ali Adam, but I do think he's he's progressed a lot as well. Um, Eric Godoy, I gave him an eight. <laughs> I'm very, I'm so happy he's back in the lineup. I didn't realize you how much. You gave him an eight, though. I only gave. I was leaning towards an eight point five, but then I realized all of my uh, defensive numbers would have been the exact same as the guys at eighty six forever. I didn't want to see what I copy that. <laughs> um, but you know, I I do agree. Eric Godoy, he a great performance from him, and like I didn't notice when he was gone how badly we missed him. But it's just so nice having him back knowing that you know he's he's so confident he's strong on the ball he had seven clearances he had the team's highest pass uh accuracy uh percentage it's it just overall a good looking game I'll, I'll go 8.5 8.5 for eric godoy he i was very impressed by him i would even go as far as giving him a nine honestly i thought he was immense like yeah i agree with everything you said there man but i would even go as far as giving him a nine i thought he was incredible and um as we said last week, he just has this sort of playing style that's so calm on the ball. He's it's so, so calm easy. With everything. It's, yeah, it's, so, it's so easy for him. And he's also got that consistency with him. Like, he actually has consistency as well. Um, yeah. It, it, you, can, you can't blame him for the own goal against the Seattle Sounders a couple of weeks ago. That was just a lucky deflection. Yeah, no, uh, gosh. For no. the Sounders. Um, and, and I think those performances don't uh, serve as really a resume, if you will, for him. Because mm-hmm. he he really had nothing, nothing bad to do yeah. in those games. He wasn't. I, I don't think I've ever, and ever since he arrived to the Whitecaps, I don't think I've ever really, um, like, called out or or been like, oh, Godoy should do better with yeah. that or whatever. Like, no, I think I think only the slat angle, but that slat man last year <laughs> against the LA, in the LA Galaxy. But um, like, there's very rarely is there a moment that us media and and fans will realize, like, oh, like, Godoy should have maybe done better in that situation. No, I think he's he's a really consistent defender. And uh, as you said, Ben, like, you, you can tell that this Whitecaps team needs him in the lineup, and they did miss him for a large stretch of game. So I'm glad that he's back, and he made a really good performance here against LAFC. I think I think if he doesn't get a, a MLS Team of the Week shout, uh, I'm going to be disappointed, honestly, because he was that good. Yeah, no, he absolutely killed it. I, I, there's a number of players I think could be in the MLS Team of the Week here. Um, maybe not quite Team of the Week, but Ranko, uh, his centre-back partner, I gave him a seven. Uh, seven clearances. Oh, no, that's good voice. Uh, my apologies. Uh, second most touches on the team, second most interceptions. Yeah, I think he had seven block shots or six is one of the two. Um, a good game from him. Still, just a little like he got forward more. I think we saw a bit more of the old Ranko that we saw at MLS's back once or twice. We saw him take the ball up 20 yards on a dribble or whatever and dish it off to the wingers. But um, yeah, we saw a bit more of the old Ranko, but there's still just it's I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something not completely there. 
Like there's just like there is a notable difference between him last night and Godoy last night. I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like you know what I'm talking about here. So I went for a seven for Ranko. Yeah, with Godoy, it's more like a calming presence that he offers at the back, and with Ranko, it's more of a it's more of like he's more involved in in like the sort of sense of trying to get the ball, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like mm-hmm. Godoy will jump into a tackle and he'll get it. Like that's what we saw last night, where he will just jump in and most like I think it was it was it was basically like a uh, an 80 to 20 ratio like he, 80% of the time he would like get the ball yeah and like the other 20% he very rarely not get the ball like on a tackle so I think Branko is just more active with trying to get the ball back and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, but I do think it was a really good performance uh against LAFC for him something to build off from a little bit of a shaky performance against RSL yeah. uh, and I think he needs he's someone that needs to find consistency more and um, he he did look like his own old self uh, from the MLS's back tournament. So uh, nothing but progress for Ranko, and we'll we'll eventually see if uh, he starts in the next I think five games. Uh, if yeah. he does start, if he does appear in one of those games, or actually no, he, he just has to start. It's, it's start. It's, he yeah. just has to start. So if he starts one of the next five games, he's uh, officially uh, a member of the Whitecaps for next season, and uh, he's on a permanent deal here with the Whitecaps. Uh, finally, rounding out the defense, Jake Nowinski. Nothing statistical really about this game, and I feel like this is a lot of his performances, but there's no real stats, but it was just a good game by him. It was clean. There was a lot of energy there. He got forward a bit more than we've seen in the last couple of games. Uh, him and Bikel linked up quite a few times in terms of passing and just defending as a unit. The two of them, they clicked well. So, yeah, I went for a seven for Nowinski, just – a typical Nowinski solid clean game for me. Yeah, for sure. Again, and I think uh, he should have had an assist in this game with the with exceptional zero five minutes. That was a great ball, and we re- rarely ever see that from Nowinski nowadays. So uh, I think he was really energized in this performance, and I think he's someone that also has consistency in his game. Um, and again, it was just a solid Nowinski outing from him. He you can't blame him at all for the handball. This you can only tell him to really tuck his hands in a bit more, but that would be a little bit too harsh in, in my eyes. Um, and it's just a really lucky deflection. Like the LAFC player was just trying to get the ball up in the air or whatever, just kick it wherever. And uh, luckily it touched his hand and LAFC got a penalty. So you can't blame him on that. And I think it's, uh, as I said before, another solid Nowinski showing. Um, up into the midfield, left mid, uh, Russell Tiber. I gave him a six. Similar to Nowinski, it was just tidy, simple, efficient. He just got the job done in a way that Tiber is, especially this year, just sort of known for. Uh, he's had shaky parts throughout the year, but the last couple of games, it's just been good. You know, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been standout. Uh, he's just got, he's done the job that he's been asked to do, and he's done it uh, quietly and tidily. So I, I gave Tiber a six, but maybe a 6.5. Uh, I don't know. I think I think six is fine, honestly. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think he was a little bit more involved than he was in the RSL game, a lot like other players as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I noticed at times he would really come into the midfield two of uh, Uusu and Bikel, and he would he would almost become like a third midfielder in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice to see. Um, and I, I guess it's we we don't really know if we're sitting on the idea of Tybert playing left mid if we're going to go on a playoff run, right? So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a little bit, a little bit of a question mark there, but uh, it does offer Ali Adnan a little bit more of a chance to go forward, and I, I think 
Um, for now, I think it's 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 good to keep him in there and get the minutes under his belt. He does offer a little bit more in possession um, on that side of the field. So we'll see. I think I think it's it was a good showing from him. A little, definitely a lot better than than the RSL game, but he he's he's got a little little bit more of a step up as we always do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Daniel Bikel, next man up, uh, an 8.5 for me, obviously a huge improvement, uh, over huge. really what we've seen this entire season from him in the middle, uh, four tackles, four interceptions. He set up the ball for Montero to help get that opening goal started. Uh, everywhere you look tonight, he was running, he was going hard. Um, the only negative I can say is that he picks up that yellow, meaning he won't be able to play against the galaxy on Sunday. But apart from that, there's not much more you could ask for from Bikel in that. So I, an 8.5 for me and a very – I'm you know I vouched for Bikel this entire season. So, you know, for me, like I was – that made me really happy to see him step up, make take that next step, elevate his game, and really drag the midfield forward. So an 8.5 for me. I'm, I'm a happy camper. Bikel's an 8.5. Yeah, same for me. I, I vouch for Bikel so much and – uh, he's a guy we talked about in the last episode who we know has the quality. We know he can do big things going forward and on the defensive side as well. And I think he showed his be- the best of both of of uh, the offensive and defensive side of the game against LAFC. Uh, I think he's really underrated with his tackles. I think he's really good uh, trying to get uh, trying to take the ball away from the opponents at the top of the at the top of the box. He's really good at that and trying to get the team going on the transition. But he was. He was really good, and most of his passes were into the final third as well. So that's always what you want to see from a midfielder, trying to take those risky balls, but also executing that as well. So uh, he took the risk with the long ball to Montero and Dahomey, and it paid off with the goal. So um, I, I think he's he's definitely a mainstay in this midfield for me. And uh, you can see that he, he's definitely a better player in the double pivot than a three-man midfield. So, again, it's a question of trying to get the best out of everyone, but if we're talking about this game, Bikel was huge for this Whitecaps team and a huge part of, uh, of MDS's team going forward, I think, as well. Sorry. Uh, and then his partner tonight, uh, his partner in crime, uh, Leo Owusu, uh, I gave him a seven. It was a step down from Bikel, but it was still a, a good performance from him. Uh, his energy this whole season uh, going forward has really surprised me. I know bringing him in is a bit more of a defensive, sort of just standard center mid player, but him going forward is really something that I wasn't fully expecting. So it's nice to see him go forward. He had a couple of shots, some good passes moving forward. He got involved in a couple of attacks. So overall, a good showing, not quite to Bikel's standard and to Bikel's level last night, but a seven for me for Wusu. Yeah, just just going back a little bit on the on the Bikel stuff. I don't that yellow card. That wasn't a yellow card for him either. I oh gosh, no. Gosh, yeah, no. it was a two footed challenge, and he got the ball all the way. So I think he's really unlucky to miss the, the game uh, against LA Galaxy. Just wanted to put that out there because I completely forgot to say that. Um, but as for Awusu, uh, again, I think he was huge in the first half. Anyway, I think second half he kind of he he wasn't as good as he was in the first half, and he kind of lost a little bit of uh, of. Uh, that's where he lost a little bit of his rating, I guess, as well. Um, lost the sauce. He, he lost the sauce <laughs> in the second half. I'm telling you. For sure. But but he was really good in the first half, and I think especially the first 20 minutes where he was winning the balls in midfield, uh, just being really physical and uh, having no fear as well, something we talked about in the last episode as well. Um, he was he was just really active, and he, he made some decent passes. 
uh, some really good tackles, shut down the uh, LAFC attack, and really prevented as well Bradley Ray Phillips from getting on the ball too much by, uh, by uh, I guess, getting on Latif Blessing and Edward Otuesta, um, but also cutting out passing lanes as well a lot. So uh, it's a very good showing from Uwusu, definitely a very promising showing. Uh, I wouldn't say his be- is his best complete performance as a, in a Whitecaps jersey, but it's it's definitely a step up. And uh, again, it's a question of consistency with him. So hopefully he can keep up uh, this performance and uh, build for- off from it. Uh, going off from Owusu to Dahomey, I the homie. I the could homie. I I could not have been. I don't want to say more wrong, but I have really been you know eating my words here about Dahomey the last couple of weeks. An 8.5 from me. Four shots, a number of tackles. I think it was four that it came to. Uh, you know, he got the assist. It's very selfless play on the, uh, on the first Cavallini goal. Good teamwork with Montero setting up the second. And for me, something that I've really been not surprised, but impressed by is his defensive effort and his energy. He is really, it's not like he's a typical winger where he stays up and he doesn't really come back more than halfway. He comes all the way back. I've seen, I saw him in the box a couple of times last night defending. Then he'd sprint forward. His energy and his drive and his work ethic absolutely has been raised over the last month or so. And everyone knows a story about his family down in Colombia not being able to see him for six, seven months. Now they're up in Vancouver. Obviously, he's down in Portland, but just having them, you know, closer and, you know, closer contact with him, you can tell it's done wonders for his confidence because he has absolutely been electric this last four or five games, even in games that they haven't looked good and they haven't played well and they haven't won. He is still putting good shifts week in and week out. And I think last night really epitomized what MDS has been trying to get out of him. That was his best performance. I loved him last night. Almost my man of the match, but not quite. An 8.5, and I was really, really impressed by Dahomey. El parcero colombiano. Uh, he was really good. Um, and again, I think, I think he hasn't been in the best stretch of games of late. I think he's had a couple of shaky uh, games. Uh, I, I think he has been good if we're talking about the full 11 and comparing mm-hmm. him to the other 11s that have been in the past couple of games. But uh, I think this is more of like the normal Dahomey we want to see game in, yeah. game out. I think uh, the RSL game away from home was another really good showing from him. Uh, the Montreal game at home, the second one anyway. In the, and uh, I think also um, a couple of games down at MLS's back, he was really good. Um, but here tonight, you can just see how much he gets involved in the attack. And I think he also has really good key passes numbers, which is also something you something you don't necessarily see too much in a winger, but it's something you definitely want to see uh, when you talk about a player like Dahomey who likes to get him behind and create opportunities for his, for his teammates. And that's exactly what he did here tonight. Again, he was involved as well in both of the goals um, with the uh, assist on the first one and uh, the assist to the assist. Uh, mm-hmm on the second goal. Uh, so a really bright showing from Dahomey. Uh, I, I really want him to do well. And I think he can, I think he really can do well in this league. And he, he really, what I like about him as well is he takes shots, something that not a lot of white mm-hmm. players do uh, outside the box. And I, I, I like the fact that he took the shots. Obviously they weren't on target. They, they flew over the bar and they were pretty wide, but I like to see that from him, like to see the confidence. And he's a guy that gives his team loads of energy. So, Another super performance from Dahomey. Uh, again, it's a question with him about consistency, but I think uh, I think it's definitely something to build off from. And uh, 
yeah he's yeah. got to teach well, us how to dance man for sure <laughs> i mean i already know a little bit because i got the colombian sauce and stuff like that but uh he's 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 definitely got to teach us how to dance uh, and then wrapping up the play ratings, I always do the strikers together, even if their ratings aren't the same. Uh, Montero an eight, and the Cavallini a nine. Pair of assists. I'm cool. I'm giving uh, Montero the assist as well in the first goal, just because that first blue ball was lovely for Dahomey. Um, just an overall good game from Montero. It's really what we've come to expect from him almost at this point. On the other hand, Cavallini a pair of goals. You know, it's going to be hard to have you know score two goals and have a bad night. I said that that game against RSL, even without the goal, was his best in a white cap shirt. This is definitely going to be up there rivaling that for the top spot right now. Great game from him. He was energetic. He kept his aggression intact. You know, no bad challenges that were that bad uh, I saw. Um, yeah, no, I was just impressed by the two of them, the way these guys are linking up together. They're finding their form. They're getting goals. They're, you know, linking up with the rest of the team well. Eight Montero, nine Cavallini. How are you thinking for that? El otro parcero colombiano, el avioncito y el tanque. So I can't agree more. I can't agree more. <laughs> the, the airplane and uh, the tank, el avioncito y el tanque. Um, both of them really good uh, again in this game. Uh, Montero, we talked a little bit about him earlier on in the episode and uh, how much he means to this team. That's a sensational ball again to Dahomey. Uh, he also put in a great ball into the middle for Cavallini. Uh, I don't think we need to say much more on Montero because we know how well he played uh, last night and in the past couple of games he's played pretty well. Um, but Cavallini, I get, again, I, I don't think um, the Whitecaps win this game uh, if Cavallini's not in the lineup. I, I know we talked a little bit about him earlier on in the podcast too, uh, whether we're not really set on if this is the true Cavallini, if this is just a one-game performance. But um, I think this win doesn't happen without him not – because he scored the goals, but um, if you look at the second goal, and even into uh, Montero, like that doesn't happen if he's not there. Obviously, like that goal starts from him winning the ball off a knockdown, which is what you want to see him do. Um, so he wins that ball off the knockdown, brings it down, plays into Montero, and then he makes a great run into the box, waits for it. He waits for the service, and he gets that service as well. So uh, loads of credit to Cava, and I think. Uh, Ben and I have been critical on him and I think we will continue to be critical on him because we just want to see more consistency, more we want to again. Yeah. <laughs> um and we want to see we want to see him more involved with the play as well. I think you want to see Cabo winning the, the knockdown headers and combining with Montero and Dahomey. I think uh he said it he said it after the RSL game. He loves playing with Montero and I think he also loves playing with Dahomey as well. So uh those three, it's a really potent attack for the White Caps right now, and those are definitely the three players. Um that have been the bright spots mm -hmm. on the offensive this season, I'd say. I can and maybe agree. make a case for Milinkovic as well. He's been pretty good, but he's been out with a knock. So, yeah, um, yeah. If, in terms of attacking pieces, the only thing I'd say the Whitecaps need is a number 10, but uh, I definitely want to see Milinkovic, Dahomey, Cava, and Montero next season. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully that happens. Can yeah, exactly. You know, the more time these guys spend together, the more time they get familiar, they grow. I mean, we've seen – in the last six or so games, what this partnership between Montero and Cavallini can achieve and how they can include the likes of Dahomey, uh, the center mids pushing forward, Milinkovic when he's up there, Ali Adnan when he gets forward. So you can really see how the two of them, just with six games between them or somewhere around that mark, you know, how well they've been able to mold and fit this team together. 
Um, and I think that will, that does conclude player ratings. There's no more. Um, and I think with that, we're going to give our quick little predictions on the lineup and to talk a little five-minute chat on the Galaxy game before we wrap up episode 26 here of the 90 Plus podcast. It's, an, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I, like I said, I'm still not all in on this Whitecaps team. Two wins on, in a row, especially when one of them wasn't a convincing win. It's, it's, it's a building block, and it's something to start with, but it's, it's not you know, something I can hang my hat on and say, you know, this is... I'm all in on this team. Uh, on the other side, though, we are looking at an LA Galaxy side. They are winless in their last seven. They haven't gained a point in their last six. In those six games, they have been outscored 19-5. to five. It's a struggling LA side, and this Whitecaps team is rejuvenated after a big 2-1 win. Uh, it's, I, don't want, it's, I don't want to say anything because I, I'm most likely going to be wrong, and I'll be eating my words when we record this on Monday after the uh, – the LA game over the weekend, but it's, it seems like every, I don't say everything, but things could be looking up for the white cap. I mean, if there's a team right now that in like their six teams that they were forced, that they're forced to play to close out the year, if there's a team that you want right now to kind of gain some reassurance and a bit more momentum moving forward, it would have to be the LA galaxy. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's the perfect opponent for the white caps now. Uh, specifically for this game. Um, we know the Galaxy are struggling, but they can also be a really good team going forward. They have arguably one of the better wingers in MLS in Christian Pavon. And he can, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because yeah. I've seen something that damn near frightens me. Um, the Whitecaps are tied for the second most amount of wins in the Western Conference. Seattle, Portland, and KC all have nine. LAFC, Vancouver are tied for seven wins. Wow. So, <laughs> like, I mean, we've complained a lot this year. And uh, you know, we do also have the most amount of losses as well. Uh, the, the only team in double digits with 11. But, and we still don't have a draw. And we still have a draw. So, you know, we've got uh, the most losses, the least draws, the second most wins. I mean, we, we've, I don't know. It's a tough one to read. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> I was just looking at the standings and I added that up and I was, you know, mortified that we're, <laughs> that we're up there and that teams, so many teams have so many less wins. Yeah. So you I know, keep going with Christian Pavon. And- it's been a crazy season, but going back to Pavon, he can really, like, he can bring a, a glimmer of magic in any moment. Uh, he, he, he has it all. He has the dribbling. He has the, the pace. He has the shooting. So um, he, he can really surprise you at times with, the stuff he can do. So it's someone to watch for the next game in terms of the Galaxy side. But it, it's also, as I said before, it's a struggling team and they're not in the best frame of mind. It's the perfect team for the Whitecaps to try and get their third consecutive win. They haven't gotten a three-game winning streak uh, since 2017 when they beat um, Orlando away from home 2-1. And then they went on to host Rail Salt Lake and Minnesota United uh, in a three-game homestand that also included the Columbus crew. Um, but they won against Orlando 2-1, and then in the next week they, they beat Real Salt Lake 3-2 and Minnesota 3-0. So that was the last time. It's been three years since the Whitecaps last won uh, three games in a row. I think it's only fitting that we say that because it's three years uh, to the last time they did it, and we're looking at three straight wins. So might as well do it now. And it's it's a big it's a big nine points honestly if they if they get the win against LA Galaxy that's huge and at this we point talk, the season, huge. for sure 
and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where if anything can anything can change in this league no matter if it's from one game to two games three games anything can change uh, we talked with uh, Jamin uh, Moore from the San Jose Earthquakes he covers the Quakes and we, we were talking about he was talking about a lost season uh, mm-hmm. when we had him on the podcast and now look at San Jose they're they're doing pretty well and they they are also fighting for a playoff spot at this point so uh, anything can change and I think it's the per- Yellow Galaxy are the perfect opponent for this Whitecaps team to play against in this next game. It's obviously a question about consistency. We, we won't see Johnny Obikel this lineup, so that's a bit of a bummer. But I think it's it's a good test, and uh, I, I've honestly never felt more confident about the Whitecaps getting three straight wins oh, than wow. now. Wow, you never felt more co- okay. Um, well, like in terms of in terms of trying to get a three game winning streak yeah, on on fair. the balance, I think I think they have a good chance to they do have so. Have a good chance. It's, it, it's, it yeah. it's a good opponent, as I said before, and if they get those three points, that'd be massive in the playoffs race. So it will help that the Whitecaps have three players in this week's team of the week. Uh, that was just announced: Cavallini uh, at striker, Montero on the bench, and Ali Adnan at in the defense. So three Whitecaps players. This was just announced about five ten minutes ago. Uh, three Whitecaps players making the uh, team of the week. So props to those guys. I think that's uh, Ali Adnan's first time this year being in the team of the week. I'm pretty sure Kava's been in there on the bench. and I'm, not, I'm sure Montero has. Probably, yeah. Uh... Don't fact check me, but, you know. Um, but as we wrap this up here, uh, and with this new, you know, game-changing information that the Whitecaps have three players in <laughs> the team of the week, uh, obviously, Bikel is out with the yellow card accumulation. Is it, it, so with that? What changes are you making? Any changes? Because uh, obviously, you have to make one. I'm presuming you're going to say Baldissimo for Bikel. Um, is there? Yeah. Any, is it, we'll, we'll go with instead of what you want to see, what you think we're going to see? Because at this point, we've we've never been right about a single prediction. So <laughs> let's let's maybe switch. Well, yeah, it's it's so true to predict lineups with the Whitecaps for sure because you never know what they're going to come out with. Um, I I do want to see Baldy in this team, and I do think um, it would be best for this team to stay in what, what has worked against LAFC, and I hope they do uh, keep up with the same mentality and the same sort of tactics that MDS might have used to uh, to play against the, uh, the LA Galaxy and maybe continue to try to find that consistency with the playing style, see similar performances to the LAFC game um, in this LA Galaxy game. So... Um, I, I do think the Whitecaps are a little bit more weak when Baldi is in a double pivot midfield in a four four two, and we saw that against San Jose a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I think Bikel is a huge miss. I do think we might, and you can never, you can never predict anything yeah. with the with the lineups nowadays. But uh, I think we'll see. We'll probably see an unchanged side, but just Baldissimo in at yeah. center mid alongside Owusu. But I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a change of formation um, to kind of address the fact that Baldi doesn't really play as well in, in a double pivot. Um, what do you think, Ben? What are you, what are you, what are you thinking for the next game? Um, realistically, I'm thinking that it's going to be a four for two. It's going to be the exact same except Baldi in for mm-hmm. uh, the What something that I could see happening, but I doubt would happen would be, Again, this four-three-three just seems to be glaring everyone in the face here. But you can't like do you, you can't break up this partnership Montero and Cavallini have going. You can't go against something that's again this consistency. You know, 
eerie sort of subject that we've danced with this entire episode. It's been a, uh, yeah, I like, I don't think you can turn away from the four four two. There's five, six games. I think it's five left in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, five. And yeah, important f- to note, important to note, this is the last, I mean, all the, all the games the Whitecaps have left are away games because they're not at BC Place, but this is the last well, no, game. no, you're wrong because we play Portland in Portland, and Portland. But that's technically a home game, which is good for the Whitecaps. Well, no, I'm because they are supposed Sorry. to travel. They're supposed to travel to LA the day of the game, mm-hmm. and now after that LA Galaxy game, they have a total of two, three weeks. I don't know. I don't um, know. I've got it up here. So after, so th- I do like that. There's no midweek game after the Galaxy game, so they can rest for a little bit. After that, they have San Jose on the 24th. Three days later, they're uh, playing Seattle. Uh, four days after, five, ooh, hang on. There's 31 <laughs> days in October. There's 31. Uh, four days after that, they play Portland in Portland. Uh, and then a week after that, they have, so yeah, so the they week after that, they have the Galaxy to close out the year. So Which is got, good because yeah. they, they basically like stay at home whatever you want to yeah, call it. Said, yeah, they're so, in Portland for like yeah. three straight weeks. So I think that's something to, that's a big advantage for them to finish off the season and staying in the same place for yeah. the last, whatever, three weeks of the season. So I think this, this is, this, we might see a little bit of an effect with the travel in this up, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm honestly really looking forward to seeing how the Caps can really gain momentum with these last four I don't even know if I should call them away or home now. I'm I'm done with this whole Providence part. <laughs> <Like, laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna. I do like the fact that we do have the Galaxy in the last game of the season. So yeah, that is always huge. I don't like the fact that we have Seattle and then Portland. Um, but you know, we 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 have to play with the cards that were dealt and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's the Galaxy to close out the year. It's the Galaxy this Sunday. This has been episode 26. It's been good. We, we've got two wins in a row to talk about. We're hoping it's going to be three. Uh, Sebastian is in full confidence that it's going to be three. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's as always, guys, we thank you for the support, for listening. Uh, we, myself, Sebastian, we do numerous ways we cover the white cap. Sebastian's on Instagram at SebastianPereira.media. You can go check out a whole bunch of his stuff on there. On Twitter, he's at SebastianP74. I'm at Ben. The podcast is at 90 plus podcast. Lots of stuff there, especially on game day. Uh, this has been episode 27. We might try to get 26, Jamin. 26, 26, 26. I'm already thinking ahead to 27. Uh, we might reach out to Jamin Moore because we really enjoyed our chat with him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, see if we can talk to him after next Saturday's game against the Earthquakes. Or maybe before that, we can have a bit of a preview sort of thing. We'll figure that out. Uh, in the meantime, you can stay tuned on any updates, like we said, at 90 plus podcast. Uh, any last words, Sebastian, as we wrap this one up? Well, I think you completely nailed it there, Ben. Uh, again, it's been thanks. Thanks so much to everyone for the support, for listening to us, and uh, you know all the engagement we get on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, it, it's been great, and obviously, it's been a great journey. And um, we hope the Whitecaps can finish off the season in some good form and playing some good football. It was it was really fun, honestly, to yeah. to see the Whitecaps play good football last night against the uh, against LAFC. So. Here's hoping they continue that stretch of, uh, of, of good play into the Galaxy game on uh, Sunday, is it? Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining me here. Episode 26 Anytime, Anytime. of the 90 Plus Podcast. 
Uh, we record every Monday and Thursday, so we'll be there. Uh, right after the Galaxy game, we'll be recording on Monday, so be stay tuned uh, for that. But until then, till next time.